Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's podcast. I've got a special guest on the line, uh, somebody that I've looked up to for many, many years. And it's a, it's a true honor to have him on today, Tom Sosnoff. He is the CEO and founder of Tasty Trade. Tom, seriously, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group, founder and head trader of 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Ewell. Chris, happy to be back. Oh man, this this is a, a real pleasure. Um, Tom has been highly influential in my life and, and potentially yours as well with the work that he does with Tasty Trade and also with Tasty Works. And uh, that's the brokerage platform that I use as well. Uh, Tom, I really wanted to get your opinion, right? The market since the coronavirus and everything else has started has been uh, has been short of crazy compared to anything that I've seen. Now, granted, I know you've traded for uh, just maybe one or two years more than I have. And I know you've seen crazy moves like this. What was it like for you? How did you trade it? What what did you do uh, with all that was going on out there? Well, I've traded in the 1929 crash. <laughs> 19, I, I feel like that's 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 what people ask me. Hey, did you trade in 1929? And like, no, but I did. I was on the trading floor all day of the 1987 crash. And then, you know, the meltdown in 2000, 2001, and then obviously 2008, and then what we just experienced now. So I've been through a lot of what, whatever you want to call, like however you want to define these crashes and stuff and mini crashes and flash crashes. You know, I feel like I've seen them all. I, I have to put this one, um, I have to put this one right up there with the most difficult um, of all, you know, of all trades. So it's right up there at the top of the list for, I think, the, one of the most difficult, um, just because uh, the, the amount of movement on a daily basis for about three, um, or actually for about five, five and a half weeks straight was unprecedented. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it was February 27th. Um, I got stopped out of one of my positions and I was looking at it like, Hmm. Okay. Let me try and put something on. And that one also got stopped out about 40 minutes later. And I was like, this is weird. So I just kind of took the rest of the day off. And then the next day it came in, it was, I think that was the first lock limit down day. And I'm like, Whoa, what just happened here? And then it was just roller coaster rides of limit up and limit down. And I couldn't imagine uh, trying to hold anything over that period. Yeah, what was it, it like for you? It was crit. Well, I was very, um, so, so I've been getting short towards the end of 2019, pretty, uh, pretty aggressively in November and December because I felt the market was ridiculously overbought. And, I, and not that I'm ever right when I think that, but what I felt was the pot odds, meaning that the down move would be significantly more violent than the up move, which was the right way to think. And ultimately, that's what happened. The problem was that after the market sold off from 3,400 to, let's say, 3,000 or 2,900 in that range, I kind of felt like, you know, 
based on what we've experienced over the last decade, that that was probably the best we're going to see is, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12, maybe 14 percent type correction. So so I kind of flattened out those levels and started to sell some premium. And obviously I was way too early. So the move for me, although it started out great, the first 300 points of the S&P decline, the actual move itself, I did not make money on. I was a net um, I was a net loser by the time, you know, we got down to the um, by the time we got down to 22 or 2300, um, just because I got caught short a lot of premium. I, it wasn't I didn't get I didn't get hurt. I just, you know, just lost money. Um, we made it back on the on the recent volatility crash on the way back up, which is mm-hmm. crazier. But um, uh, those two moves together were about as violent as far as magnitude of anything that I've ever experienced. And I'm, I, and I, like I said, I go back to before the 87 crash. So mm-hmm. of trading, you know, very aggressively. And I traded aggressively during this entire, um, during this entire move, I was very aggressive. Well, I didn't. Right. So did you, did you spread off your trades or did you just keep them as naked positions? No, every, well, all my positions were theoretically naked, but I had like if I was short puts, I was short calls against them. So so there were there wasn't just like if I was short calls, I was short puts against them. So there wasn't there wasn't a situation where I was just naked short puts or naked short volatility or something like that. But but by being short calls against short puts with vol expanding the way it did, it doesn't really help you. You, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? like like if you're short puts and the market starts going down the way it was, short calls don't really make you any money. Mm-hmm. They just protect you delta wise, but they don't really make any money. So because the calls don't really move and the volatility expands and the calls get richer, faster, the puts get rich, way juicier, faster than the than the calls come down. So so it, it, it's a delta hedge and that's it. It, it didn't work. Mm, OK, so were you were you initially uh, neutral when you were saying you were at the, the end of 2019? Were you selling more calls and puts? No, uh, I was very I was very short at the end of 2019 okay. and all the way into you know, into February and March, I was short. The problem was that my deltas got eaten up into that down move towards the beginning of March and into the middle of March, and my deltas disappeared, obviously. And then, you know, you end up being a little bit long and you don't like it, and you got this volatility expansion. Um, and so then you take a little bit of a hit, and then you hope the volatility contracts, which it did. And then you did say, oh my God, I just did all that work for nothing. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a great scratch type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's okay. Listen, that's what trading is. You know, you've got to, you get an outlier event every 10, 12, 14 years. This case, you know, every 13 years. If you go back to 1980, we've had three legit outlier events, 87, 2008, and 2020. And those are the real outliers. Not, not Those are the times when Vol jumped up into the 80 handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have to look at those and go three times in 40 years. Okay, I can deal with that. And and if you go back and look at the number of times volatility has exceeded 40 in the last, you know, 30 in the last 30 years, it's only five times. So, you know, you look at it and say, okay, that's part of the game. You know, every yeah. once in a while, the 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 vol gods win. Right, right. So when you were saying that uh, we finally bottomed out and you started selling premium and and uh, you were able to to make some money back on the premium crush. Were you at that point, were you uh, delta neutral or were you were you doing more one side or the other? I mean, because we just came off this giant down move. I mean, we were trying to be delta neutral, but the reality is 
when you're moving two standard deviations a day, which we did 76% of the time and during that five week cycle, we moved two standard deviations a day. You can sit here and say, I wanted to be delta neutral, but if you're short premium, you're only delta neutral for about 15 minutes. And <laughs> positions move. So, you know, we tried our best and, you know, we did the best we could to stay relatively neutral, but it was almost impossible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So were you, I know this is not necessarily your style of trading, but were you looking at any charts to get any sense of like, maybe this is a bottom, maybe this is, no. some people call it support, nothing? Okay. No, no, no chance. Okay. No, just thought I'd ask. You never know. Um, no, we're just trading them up and, you know, listen, we, we, we can, we can, we can, you know, we feel through option prices kind of what we think is happening. And again, nobody knows. That was a classic move where I don't care if you were a technician, you were, you were, um, you were a, a cyclical analyst, you were fundamental, you know, you were just a tape reader. I mean, it, nobody stood a chance. I mean, you can't, you know, there, there's, there's nothing that you can see when you're getting moves of, you know, of, of two and three standard and even some days four and five standard deviations. There's nothing there to see, you know, mm -hmm. like it's not, it's not something that you can, um, you can't draw a line. It doesn't help yeah. you. So did you ever take a step back and say, I'm just going to let this play out and, you know, just no. kind of watch? No, not at all. No, no, it's not. Wow. A move. No, that can't be. That's not that's not what we do. So, no, there's I mean, if the doors are open, we're you know, if we're open, we're 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 playing. Yeah. Interesting. OK, very cool. So, it, you know, when when all this was going on, that was my first thought is like, what? What are the people who are selling options? You know, what's what's happening to them? What's happening to their portfolio? Because, like I said, I took a step back. Once the bottom started to form, uh, that's when I started to get in. I sold so many put spreads. I mean, April was my best month ever, and uh, I mean, it, it just worked out great. We we had a, a lot of, you know, uh, vertical moves combined with all the premium getting crushed, and and it just worked out really well for me. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a good thing that you could you could step away and do that. We we don't. You know, it's it's not really in my blood to be able to to step away because then it's hard for me to get back. So I always have to keep, you know, keep playing. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you, you know, you got to have a feel of the market, too, like you've done for for plenty of years. Just having a position on and seeing what's happening to that gives you so much more information than watching from the sidelines, I think. Yeah, no, there's no. Well, you, you have to have a certain there, there's you have to have a little bit of emotional skin in the game and you have to have a little bit of um, monetary skin in the game. Because then all of a sudden the game's real and mm -hmm. it has a different, you know, it, it, it impacts you differently. So sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what would you say to the listeners out there who are, you know, they're, they're, they just saw this huge uh, rise back. And I think the NASDAQ was in positive territory earlier this week, if not still is right now. Um, you know, what, what would you say to them, right? Is it, is everything, is everything cool now or back to, back to business or, or hold tight? Well, I don't think everything's cool. I think, <laughs> you know, I think people that think everything's cool, that's, you know, you, you, you're living in la la land. I, I, I think you, you saw today, you know, Val, Val jumped almost, um, uh, almost 20%, not, not quite 20%, but 18% this afternoon alone. And the the Nasdaq futures dropped, you know, 300 points today off of their highs. That's not everything's cool. I mean, <laughs> I think we got a little complacent um, in the last couple of weeks and everybody was trying to make it seem like everything's cool. But there was a, a huge dis 
disconnect between what we call the eye test and what we're seeing, you know, high unemployment and, and people scared, you know, scared for their lives, um, along with the stock market that just had a giant disconnect. And, and I think that, you know, in, in fairness, when you get that kind of a disconnect between Main Street and Wall Street, you know, it's a little, um, you don't really get it. And you're not, you're almost not supposed to get it because the markets, the totality of all these different opinions and things like that. And I think the market got too oversold on the way down. And I think it just got too overbought on the way back up. Mm. So do I think we're going to go back and test those lows? No. Do I think we're going to crash? No, I don't. Do I think we've seen the worst in implied volatility? Yeah, I, I do think we've already seen the worst. But does that mean we can't have an ugly little sell-off here? And the answer is, of course we can. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So you use the the Tastyworks platform. This is something that you developed for, for years and years to work on. And I was, I mean, as soon as it was available that I could jump on it, I certainly did. And uh, I had heard that there are a few new updates and new upgrades that have come out recently. Could you tell us more about that? Well, we made a pretty big release this morning. We're getting very aggressive now because we've spent the last three years making sure the platform is the fastest and most stable in the mm -hmm. whole industry. Like we've really focused this time. When, when we built Thinkorswim 20 years ago, our focus was on features and ideas and you know concepts about you know, what a retail trading platform should look like. And it was a great platform, but it's old and it was a legacy platform and it was very slow. Tastyworks is, is, is nothing like that. It's very fast, it's very compact, it's very stable. As you know, we we're the only platform that didn't have any issues whatsoever right. during that entire, that entire move. And now we're starting to add a bunch of features, but we're not gonna bloat the platform. Today we added a pairs trader, which is cool if you wanna trade stocks or futures you know, one against the other. Um, remember, we're launching our own futures exchange in about another 10 days called the small exchange. And so we're very excited about that. We want to make sure we had all the features on the platform. Um, we rolled out some implied volatility rank on our charts. We rolled out a futures, um, the ability to do futures calendar spreads um, with a single click so that you can roll your futures um, on, on the platform now. It's stuff we had to have. Um, we're introducing a new charting package in the next couple of weeks. We're introducing um, uh, lots of new um, option tracking uh, mechanics and option tracking features so you can track positions, you can group them together and track things like that. So we got a ton of features coming out in 2020. I mean, it wasn't our game plan, Chris, that we would be all working from home. <laughs> all right. So it's it's weird, but we're pulling it off. Yeah. I you know, with that being said, I uh, I work a lot in corporate finance, and you know, I, I feel very very fortunate that I've been able to uh, continue to work from home. My my kids are home; they're doing uh, online learning. And um, I've become, you know, a preschool teacher all of a sudden. And <laughs> then um, uh, I have a eight-year-old and a five-year-old. He'll be starting kindergarten in uh, in the fall. My wife is an educator. She teaches fifth grade. And so she she handles the bigger one. I handle the little one because I, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I mean, with his stuff, it's like circle the things that start with X and stuff. I, that's on my level. I can handle that kind of teaching. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But yeah, it has been a crazy, crazy, I mean, first half of the year. And, uh, you know, the I actually, I live in the, the Dallas area and I, I look very frequently like, okay, are things getting better? And they've opened up most of everything here in Texas. And my thought was, things aren't getting better. Why are we opening? What, what, is, what is this about? So who knows it's how long this could be? 
the thought process is almost we we're, we're you know a we're a country that doesn't like to be told what we can and can't do but but again you got to remember most of the world you know you can go look at italy and spain they don't like to be told what they can do either you know it's not it's we're not the only place that that, that thinks that way and we're also kind of a culture where all right well if everybody else is out there then you know everything must be fine type of mentality right um, chicago's basically still on lockdown you know, I mean, it, it, it really just depends. And people are pretty much, you know, they're pretty much sticking to the, you know, the the um, the whole lockdown, um, basically the whole the whole lockdown mentality. And and so I, I think just in different parts of the country, there's just, you know, there's and, and listen, I, I understand I'm I'm able to work from home. If I wasn't able to work from home, I'd be going crazy trying to get back to work. Yeah. And, you know, with with uh, Tastyworks and Tasty Treat, I mean, you've basically built a technology company that happens to do financial uh, enter, entertainment, education, entertainment. And oh, yeah. uh, we're financial. We're definitely a, you know, we're a software development company. We have three yeah. aspects to what we do. We're software development, we're production. And then obviously, you know, we support, you know, multiple business brokerage firms and things like that. But at the core of what we do, you know, is our is our is our content well we're basically we're a think tank with with production facilities and then we're a software event you know we're a software we're a software dev firm mm-hmm. yeah it makes a lot of sense so so tell me more about the small exchange I, i've heard of it i don't uh i don't know all the details about it though the small exchange is something that um for about the last almost 20 years i've had this idea that the futures marketplace the products are too big for retail investors and there, I love the capital efficiency of futures, but I hate the notional size of the products. And I also don't like the fact that the exchanges are not standardized. So it's very complicated for individual investors to trade, you know, futures products. Um, uh, the, 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 the main advantage to them is that they're capital efficient and that's it. So for the last 15 years, I've been designing um, what we call a, in addition to the other stuff we do, which is building brokerage firms and building technology, I've wanted to design um, futures futures products. And so I went around to all the exchanges and said, hey, I've built this really great idea for an exchange, you know, for products. And and they're all like, uh, you know what, Tom, um, we love the idea too, but no thanks. We love the idea, but no thanks. Everybody said the same thing. Love the idea, but, you know, we don't want to piss off our members. Our, you know, we don't want to piss off all the members. And, and, you know, this has too much of, you know, it's too retail for us. Um, and so finally I was like, screw it. I'm going to build it myself. And, you know, we went out, we put up our own money, we raised a little capital and, um, we're going to be the first, we are the first new futures exchange that's been approved by the CFTC and, um, in the last 30 years. Wow. (laughs) And so the small exchange is going to, is a new futures exchange. It's been approved by the regulators. It is going to clear through OCC, just like the options exchanges and everything else do. And um, we are launching with five products, um, crude oil, uh, currencies, not crude oil, but oil. We call it global oil. It's a mixture of a bunch of things. They're, they're like, think of it like, Chris, think of it like ETFs, mm-hmm. futures that, that act like ETFs, like 50 or $60 stocks that only require, let's say, $400 to put up to hold them overnight. Okay. So instead of putting Instead of putting up five thousand, you put up four hundred dollars. It's this, it's virtually they act the same way. There's a stock, a bond, 
um, a currency, a crude oil, and a precious metal. Okay, okay. So that's what I was thinking was when you were describing that. Is it's going from like, uh, let's call it a hundred lot of something down to like a ten lot or a one lot, something exactly. along, along the line. Okay. Do you, do you trade any futures at all? No, not yet. Okay, so so the CME has their regular products, which are their E-minis, and then they have, for example, they have a micro product. So so when we announced the small exchange, they announced micros because they 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 didn't want to let us, you know, I mean, it took it took us to build that for them to step in and create a product. So all right, whatever, they copied us. Who cares? Um, but our products are about half the size of the micros. So wow. the average the average move, just so you see. Today, the 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 small exchange future, which is the the small 75, which is our which is our stock future, it moved a little less than $100. And the E-mini S&P, just one lot, um, the E-mini S&P today, one contract moved $4,000. Wow. And one of micros, one of the micros moved 400, and our product moved $100. So for a small retail investor, you know, it's a $100 move with incredible capital efficiency. And so you put up $400 and you could make or lose $100. It's a, it's, it's a nice little hedging vehicle. You know, stocks have become very expensive, but capital efficient futures are not. And that's what we built. Okay, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Really, thank you, honestly, for going and, and going through all that with me. Because I'd heard about the small exchange for a couple of years and I was like, what's the point? Right? I, I didn't get it, but now that makes a lot of sense when you explain You are going to love it. You're going to be an addict. Okay? Okay. Yeah, I got that. We're so, gonna. We're. This is crack for traders. <laughs> so, can you trade that on any platform, or is that exclusive to Tastyworks? Now, it will be on lots of platforms, but not every platform. Initially, it'll be on Tastyworks. It'll be on E-Trade. It'll be on Interactive Brokers, um, and it'll be on a bunch of different futures platforms, like Trading Technologies and CQG, and all a lot a lot of the futures platforms. It is not yet on Schwab or TD. And I don't know if Fidelity even offers futures. And it'll be on a few other global platforms. Okay, cool. Well, that sounds really interesting. Uh, I, uh, I certainly will be uh, lighting one up every once in a while just to check it out, right? Because there's when, when you're going from something that's, you were saying, a $4,000 move to a $100 move, it's a lot easier to kind of dip your toe in like we were talking about earlier and try and test the waters there. Okay, cool. It's the same thing as it would be the equivalent of buying 100 shares of stock, but instead of putting up instead of putting up $5,000, let's say you wanted to buy 100 shares of oil, just as an example. Like so, so you want to buy, well, you wouldn't buy USO. Well, actually, yeah, USO is a $21 stock, let's just say, and it's a physical oil product. So to buy 100 shares costs 2100 bucks. Mm-hmm. To buy the equivalent on, on the small exchange or something that acts just like it. Like just to give you an idea, I'll take a look at what our our crude oil did today. So our our um, global oil today was up um, uh, 42 cents. So on a one lot, that's 42 dollars. And USO, because crude oil today, just so you, this is really interesting. Like this shows you how how cool these futures are today. Crude oil was up 78 cents. So our product was up. $40. That makes sense. It followed crude oil. USO, which is a physical ETF, was down 20 cents. So oh. if you owned, if you put up $2,000 to buy 100 shares of USO, you lost $20. If you put up, um, if you put up $400 to buy one contract with a small exchange, Global Oil, you made $40. Huh. 
Huh. Okay. And so it has a higher correlation. Yeah. It has tracking, and it's much more capital efficient. And I think people, small retail investors, are going to love it. And the exchange fees are 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 fractions of what the CME and the ICE charge. So gotcha. we don't charge for data. So like we we we're not. This is a completely different consumer customer exchange. We're and by the way, we don't own the whole thing. We're just. It was just it was just our idea, my idea, and it was. Um, and we're the we're the like the founders and and the that we kind of created it but um peak six um and which is a prop firm in chicago a big prop firm in chicago um citadel which is the largest market making firm in the world and jump which is the largest futures market making firm in the world they're all investors so there's some big players involved gotcha wow super interesting okay so if people want to learn more about Tastyworks, uh, I've got a special offer for you to go along with everything that Tom was saying, right? Everything is still there, but this is in, in addition to from what I can provide for you. And uh, if you go to trytastyworks.com, you can see all the details there and get started today. So that's trytastyworks.com to learn more about the bonuses that I can give you when you open a new account with Tastyworks and to take advantage of all those, those benefits that Tom was talking about there. So Tom, now I have to ask, does does your uh, does your does your your oil ETF go negative? <laughs> That's not, our oil future, our oil future. Yes, yeah, yeah. It cannot go negative, and um, our futures are all cash settled. So they settle to cash. They're not. There's no delivery. Gotcha. Okay. So the problem. Remember, crude oil cannot go negative. Theoretically, crude oil cannot go negative either. But there are certain market structure issues with storage on expiration only. And that was a very strange, I doubt you will ever see it again type of scenario with crude oil going negative for one day. You know, I mean, one day just for a, a mark because the, there was large open interest and there was, you know, none of the platforms could support negative prices. So it was just it was a complete, you know, cluster, you know what. Yeah. But um, but I don't think you'll ever see that again. And you know that was a market structure issue with um, uh, with those with the actual crude oil future. We don't ours are cash settled. You know, just there's no, there's no delivery. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that was uh, that was definitely on my mind as you were discussing this. Like, oh, can it go negative? Who knew that that could no, happen? <laughs> no, no, can't go negative. Well, Tom, this has been a real, real pleasure. Uh, I have learned so much and and really had a. a I feel so much appreciation to be able to, to chat with you and have you back on the podcast again. Thank you for your time, really. Chris, anytime, man. You're a pleasure to work with anytime you want. And uh, thanks for the great support for Tasty Works and Tasty Trade. And and uh, you stay safe. You stay safe, okay? You do the same. And you guys stay safe out there as well. And thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. And make sure you go to trytastyworks.com. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, 
does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and his StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit timandstocktrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.